You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Exmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at exmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 367, entitled Go With the Flow. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every weekend, of course, for the questions, comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through. I really do appreciate that. Uh, And uh, this week, uh, we are... uh, coming towards the tail end of July and the heat uh, really is starting to set in. I know I mentioned this a little bit in uh, last week's episode uh, where we had a couple of little heat spells here and there, uh, but with uh, still some rain and stuff that would pop up, at least uh, some light showers and things. Uh, but you can really see uh, the lawns uh, starting to take a toll after uh, this next uh, uh, week. And we're in for a... Uh, much uh, hotter week coming up this uh, coming week. So I'm preparing myself actually for the uh, Tuesday that this episode's being released. Uh, we're supposed to uh, get some uh, very warm temperatures. Uh, so it might uh, start to get a bit uncomfortable out there uh, when I'm out uh, uh, doing my uh, lawn route. And I'll have to start to monitor uh, which lawns I'm going to start to skip. Uh, normally uh, this time of year, uh, as a lot of you guys uh, that follow the content uh, know, I do that uh service where I don't do bi-weekly mowings, I don't do monthly mowings or every 10 days or things like that. All of my clients are on the same sort of setup. They're all on a weekly as needed um, basis, I call it. And basically what that means is that I let the weather sort of dictate uh, what uh, the mowing frequency uh, will be for those particular lawns. Now, from March until... Uh, the end of June, uh, everybody gets a weekly cut. And then July and August, I will make the exception. And depending on, um, you know, each particular lawn's needs, of course, because uh, every lawn is different. I've got clients who water their lawns and have in-ground sprinklers, although that, you know, is uh, sort of a rarity here. But, um, you know, the ones that do are typically also the ones that get fertilizing done, the aerations done, all that sort of stuff. So those are the ones that uh, typically will stay as a weekly cut uh, through most of the summer, Um, at least through July, uh, they'll get a weekly cut. Now, we also have a lot of uh, watering restrictions uh, that uh, have come into play over the last 20 years, uh, but they keep uh, getting more and more strict and more restrictive. Uh, this year, now it's down to uh, just once per week that you can water your lawn. And uh, the timing is literally like in the middle of the night uh, where you're allowed to do it. So you can't have like any sprinklers on or at all during the day or daylight hours. It's all in the middle of the night and once per week, uh, depending on uh, your address. So, uh, you know, that makes it quite difficult because a lot of the people that don't have those in-ground sprinklers, that don't have irrigation systems, uh, so to speak, that are, you know, kind of the old school style where you have a, a, a regular garden hose and you just put it out with a regular sp- uh, sprinkler. You know, people are not typically going to uh, get up in the middle of the night to go you know, turn on their sprinkler. And even if they set up like a, you know, timers and stuff are available now that you can uh, connect to the end of the hose spigot, that sprinkler may not reach the entire 
a lawn. So, you know, if they have to move it and stuff, it's typically not going to happen uh, where they're going to get up in the middle of the night to go out uh, and uh, move a, a sprinkler to another portion of the lawn uh, to, you know, have that other portion uh, watered. Because, of course, you know, having multiple sprinklers at the same time uh, probably won't work because of water pressure and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, it makes it more difficult. You get a lot more, at least in the last few years, we're getting a lot more and more uh, lawns that are uh, starting to, you know, go uh, brown and dry out and, uh, you know, having to deal uh, with a lot uh, of those types of scenarios. So this time of year, typically what I do is uh, I just start to monitor. Obviously, I keep mowing weekly until uh, lawns start to show that they are slowing down, that they uh, don't require, uh, you know, those weekly cuts. And then I will put them to a minimum bi-weekly cut. Uh, so like I said, from uh, March until uh, the end of June, everybody mandatory has to get a weekly cut. And then July and August, I will make that exception uh, and put some lawns on bi-weekly. Now, how I do it is, uh, you know... Uh, as I've talked about before, when I'm doing that initial quote, when I'm doing that email quote uh, that I talk about a lot of the times, one of the things that I write in there is, you know, I talk about the frequency of mowing and how that schedule works. And I always put that little uh, caveat in there that, uh, you know, when it comes to bi-weekly mowing uh, in the summertime, that it's led uh, or left up to my discretion, right? So it's not the customer uh, that is going to call me and say, oh, it doesn't need mowing anymore or it doesn't need mowing this week. It's my discretion. Because the other thing that I try to do is I try to balance that out uh, with um, making it uh, to my advantage. So basically... Um, uh, what I don't want to get into is a scenario where, you know, I'm skipping some lawns one week and then having to skip some lawns the following week uh, and just having sort of a mishmash schedule. I'd much rather uh, line it up so that I will get, uh, you know, everybody mowed one week and then on alternating weeks uh, than uh, having a sort of a, a reduced schedule that, uh, you know, following week. Uh, and then that way, you know, if I've only got, uh, say, a handful of lawns that would normally be mowed on a Tuesday and a handful of lawns that are mowed on a Wednesday and a handful of lawns that are mowed on a Thursday, because typically that's what I'm doing. I'm only mowing three days a week. Uh, on that alternating week, uh, what I can do is I can squeeze all of them in. And sometimes it's a longer day to do, but I'll squeeze them all in on the Wednesday in the middle. So those cuts that are there on a Wednesday, normally, well, they're getting cut on their regular day, but the cuts that are would be normally on a Tuesday, they're getting cut one day later, that alternating week. And the cuts that are a Thursday, they're getting cut one day uh, sooner, uh, uh, you know, that alternating week or every two weeks. That way, what happens is that uh, it frees up the rest of my week, uh, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Thursday, and the Friday. And then I can basically tackle uh, bigger jobs if I have to. I can do, um, you know, if I needed to you know, work uh, three days in a row, I could uh, do a project, say, like on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if I wanted to, um, although I haven't done that in many, many years. Uh, but typically, uh, what else happens is that because it's a summer and uh, kids are done school, uh, even, you know, my uh, kids in university and my son's starting university, um, you know, they'll typically have, you know, their break now. My wife's a school teacher, so she'll have her break now. And uh, what it allows me to do is just take, you know, family time off. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've in the past gone on vacations. We've gone, uh, you know, to Disneyland or flown to Europe or things like that. And, uh, you know, typically I've got it so that, you know, I can, you know, go that alternating week, um, you know, and uh, make it so that, uh, you know, I can go and mow my, my full week. And then on that full week, because I'm only mowing typically, like I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, um, you know, uh, that Thursday night I can take off if we want to go like on a camping trip or something like that, uh, I can leave and, uh, you know, go for like the Thursday evening, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, Tuesday, and I don't have to mow until uh, that Wednesday to do those lawns. And then as we push into August, uh, you know, 
even those lawns, I can sometimes, and I have, I've done this in the past where I will talk to those, uh, uh, customers that are like weekly or the the ones that are just uh, uh, bi-weekly and say, um, you know, I'm going to skip it uh, for this one, uh, this one time. And, uh, you know, I can extend that vacation time uh, uh, like we did in 2019 where we drove uh, to California and uh, be able to uh, have like a 10-day stretch of uh, no lawns to mow. Uh, and uh, typically I found that uh, clients are very uh, accommodating. Uh, at that time, uh, those clients that are, um, you know, requiring a weekly cut, because at that uh, time, like I say, uh, I'm probably doing about 50%, I would say, uh, where I'm still cutting weekly about 50% of the lawns. And that other 50% of my clients is the biweekly. So I'll line it up, I'll line up a vacation, basically, if I want to go away somewhere for an extended period of time, uh, so that, uh, you know, it's basically just those, you know, 50% of those weekly clients, um, where I would have to talk to them and say, hey, you know, I'm going to skip this week. Um, and most of them have been fine because it's not something that's happening all the time. It's just like a one-time thing. And the growth on their lawns is slowing down as well. Um, I can, you know, obviously continue to uh, uh, cut them and stuff, but because of those watering restrictions, even those ones that are fertilized and uh, aerated and with irrigation systems, they're not getting enough water on them that one time uh, per week that they're allowed uh, to allow an abundant amount of growth. Uh, so I can get away typically with cutting those, uh, you know, and uh, and letting them know as long as I give them uh, notice, uh, just letting them know that, hey, I'm going to go away this week uh, with family, go on a vacation and stuff. And, you know, I've never had an issue in the 17 years uh, that I've been in business of being able to do that at least once. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not a uh, an occurrence throughout the whole summer that I'm like skipping uh, those lawns that do need to be cut like all the time. It's just a one-time thing. And then I'm back at it, uh, you know, that following week. And that gives me like a 10-day stretch where I can go away with family and stuff. So uh, typically that's how I'm, uh, you know, uh, tackling this time of year uh, when we get uh, those uh, crazy uh, heat stretches. So uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, starting to uh, get into that a little bit later this year. Uh, than typical years, um, but I will have to, uh, like I said, start to monitor it. I've seen uh, a couple of uh, uh, lawns already uh, that uh, I've uh, started to skip, um, the ones that are, you know, uh, really uh, uh, bad lawns. I would say, you know, the ones that uh, typically they're just the ones you just kind of what a, like a, a mow and blow type of uh, scenario, but uh, it all, uh, you know, in the end, it all works out and, uh I enjoy uh, taking that time off uh, with family uh, this time of year and uh, being able to, uh, you know, enjoy because uh, that's what life's all about, right? Is, uh, you know, being able to enjoy your wife, your kids and stuff in those uh, little opportunities because life just absolutely uh, flies by. So, uh, you know, it's uh, there's a little bit of a silver lining in those uh uh, aspects of the business as well. When you think about, uh, you know, the heat and the drought and all that sort of stuff, uh, that, uh, you know, if you look hard enough and you think about it, um, you know, uh, worked my tail off in the spring, especially this year with all of the rain, uh, and just the crazy amount of growth uh, that we had, uh, and had, uh, you know, some great revenue coming in from the mowing because it was just constant. And, you know, in here in, uh, July, I've mowed everybody um, almost right here till the tail end. Here we are the last week uh, and I'm just starting to skip lawns now where typically I'd be skipping lawns already about 50% of them, uh, you know, that first week of July. So, you know, I've gotten actually an extra, uh, almost an extra month of mowing uh, everybody weekly this year because of uh, that, uh, you know, uh, crazy amount of rain that I kept talking about, uh, you know, all spring uh, to you guys here on the podcast. So there's always a little bit of a silver lining uh, with uh, each and every scenario uh, in life. Uh, if you uh, look uh, close enough and just make the best of it, uh, you know, whenever uh, life has, uh, you know, a little twist and turn uh, to throw your way. So I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and then uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of story time with you guys. All right. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
summer showers, dust that chokes, acres that just won't end. Exmark knows the job of a landscape professional isn't an easy one. That's why we've crafted a legendary line of mowers built to overcome any obstacle. So you're ready to close the deal and finish the job, like you always do. Cut from the same red metal as your Exmark mower, you aren't just good at this. You were built for this. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, uh, I put out that episode, uh, I think it was entitled, uh, you know, Stuff Will Happen or Stuff Happens, uh, you know, Adapt and Move On. And it's ironic uh, that I put out that episode just a couple weeks ago, and then literally something happened, uh, you know, during the course of business one day where uh, I had to uh, basically take my own advice and adapt and move on. And uh, if you meant, or remember in uh, one of the previous episodes, it might have been last week's episode where I was talking about uh, building um, a pool pad in my backyard <clears throat> for uh, a portable swimming pool, one of those like steel frame steel uh, swimming pools, the kind where you put like a you know steel metal frame together. It's got like these metal legs and then this vinyl lining kind of uh, hooks up to it <clears throat> like a big bladder, excuse me. And then you fill that with water and then it's got, uh, you know, some pumps and filters and things, uh, that, uh, work externally on it. And, uh, so I was, uh, you know, I got all that, uh, done. I was talking about, uh, making that, uh, uh, 14 sided polygon sort of box, uh, where normally I have this little area of like round river rock, uh, down and, uh, we cleared that river rock, put, made this, uh, 14, uh, sided polygon box out of, uh, four by four, uh, posts <coughs> or, uh, like landscape ties. And, uh, then we, uh, put, uh, some more fabric down cause I had fabric underneath, uh, that river rock. And basically what I was trying to do was level the area first and foremost, because it had a sort of a natural slope. And in previous years with the other pools that I have had, uh, you know, it was, uh, not, uh, level and the, the pools would lean, but with this one being a metal, uh, framed pool, it's more, um, critical that it be completely level, uh, because of course, um, you know, you want all those legs, uh, to be uh, perfectly level so that uh, you don't get uh, any sort of lean or have uh, the pool uh, become compromised in any sort of way. So I got all the da- that done, uh, leveled, and then uh, put some sand down uh, to uh, smooth out uh, the bottom of it and make it just sort of a nice soft surface compared to the previous years of having sort of that round rock uh, underneath the pool. And uh, it was going fantastically. Uh, set up the pool. Uh, it fit the, the area perfectly, that little, uh, the, you know, the 14-sided uh, polygon box with the sand. It was nice and smooth uh, when you were walking on it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was working out great uh, until uh, one morning. So on uh, the Thursday morning, uh, I was, uh, this is this past Thursday, uh, so I think we got the pool all set up and ready by the, I think we had it filled and that polygon box and everything. I think that was either done by the Monday or the Tuesday last week. And so the pool was filled and, you know, chemicals, chlorine, all that sort of stuff in it, ready to go. Everything was, uh, good. Uh, we had a couple of, uh, uh, swims in it, uh, and to try it out and, uh, everything was good. And, uh, of course, continued to do my mowing route and stuff last week. And then Thursday morning, I was uh, planning my day. I got up out of bed, uh, went down to have some coffee and, uh, you know, looked out uh, the kitchen window. And uh, from the kitchen window, I can see the pool and noticed that the pool cover was kind of uh, removed. It was um just pulled off uh, of the pool one side. It was like kind of floating and and uh, kind of underwater and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like obviously something happened last night out there. So uh, I went out uh, to go uh, take a look at uh, what the heck was going on with the pool and uh, went around the corner and uh, the pool that I got this time around has uh, an external uh, skimmer uh, on it. Uh, so... Um, 
for those of you guys that are not familiar with what a skimmer is, it's basically um, like a filtration device. Uh, but basically what it does is instead of like some of the, some of the pools will have just a couple of uh, uh, hoses and stuff that connect um, to them lower down under the water level uh, with, you know, obviously a suction that sucks in water into a, like a filter and then uh, obviously comes back out and goes into another hose uh, that goes back into the, the pool. Uh the issue, and we had, uh, you know, our previous pools that we've had over the years had, were that style. But what happens is that you get a lot of debris and stuff on the surface of the water that never gets cleaned because uh, the um, filter filtration system is not strong enough to pull uh, from the surface. So what a skimmer does basically is it sits uh, at that water level, and it's a much bigger hole uh, for the water to enter into the filter from. And basically, uh, you fill the pool up to about a half to three quarters high of that skimmer opening. And the idea is that not only is it uh, sucking in water from the pool, but it's also that surface water. So all of the, you know, bugs and things that might be on the surface, leaves and stuff like that, um, that might be floating on top also get sucked into the filter and thus uh, get cleaned. So uh, it's a much bigger, like a, uh, you know, say hole, like on this one, it's a, either four or five inch uh, round hole uh, that uh, that skimmer that sits on the outside of the pool connects to. Uh, so anyways, I'm walking around uh, to where the skimmer is and uh, at the bottom of the skimmer pump, there's a like one and a half inch accordion style type hose, uh, almost looks like a vacuum hose for your house or something like that, that uh, goes uh, from the skimmer and then goes back into the pool. And it was leaking like uh, nobody's business. Like it had probably like 30 holes in it. Uh, it was just spraying water everywhere. And I noticed that the water level uh, was already a bit lower. The ground was completely saturated. Uh, there was standing water everywhere. Uh, so I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, what happened to this thing? Uh, and I'm freaking out because it's like, uh, you know, it's the morning. I'm Like I said, I was having my coffee. I'm getting ready to plan my day, my mowing route to go to work. And now I've got this, uh, you know, basically a uh, big vessel of uh, 4,000 gallons of water sitting in my backyard uh, and uh, the water's all coming out of it because, uh, you know, it's coming out of that, uh, you know, going through that large opening for the skimmer and then it's just going to the bottom of the skimmer to go to the hose and the hose is completely perforated. I also noticed at the top, the skimmer like cover, there's a, like a lid. It was on the ground. There's a little, uh, uh, a flap inside the skimmer that kind of floats back and forth. Uh, I think that the term for it is it's called a weir. Uh, it was uh, removed in on the ground as well. Uh, so I was like, what the heck happened? And then I noticed my eye caught um, uh, some debris and stuff on the side of the pool. And all I saw were these paw prints and it was raccoon paws. So I was like, oh, you buggers you like obviously uh uh you know either one raccoon or a bunch of raccoons uh were having a pool party last night and uh you know made a mess of the, the pool the pool's only two days old uh sitting out there and they completely uh you know uh i don't know if they're trying to get in the pool or there's also uh we've got a trampoline and it's right beside the pool so i don't know if they fell into the pool uh, or tried uh, because the trampoline, uh, sort of that, um, the rim that goes around it with like sort of the foam padding uh, that's outside of sort of, a, it's one of those trampolines that has like the big net uh, area and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you're inside sort of that netting area, but then on the outside, there's kind of um, uh, like a perimeter area with padding and stuff. So I don't know if they were up there and then tried to walk onto the pool cover and then fell into the pool. I have no idea. Um we have security cameras that are like pointing there, but for some reason, uh, they didn't record, uh, that night. Uh, there was some issue that day. I remember checking the cameras that day and for some reason the cameras weren't up. So I think I, I reset the cameras and then I forgot to do something. So then it wasn't recording that evening. 
of course, you know, right when you want to see what was going on, uh, it wasn't recording uh, that particular uh, evening for those cameras. So, uh, but like I said, the incriminating evidence was uh, the paw prints all over the pool, uh, these little uh, paw prints and stuff. So I don't know if they, what happened there. And the, as far as the hose, it's kind of a weird setup because, like I said, the skimmer is hanging off of the side of the pump uh, or side of the pool on the outside. And this t- like one and a half inch hose, it's about two feet long, goes across to, you know, an, a nozzle that goes back into the pool. So it's hanging kind of sideways there. And I don't know if they use that to try to climb into the pool and we're using it almost like a ladder rung and then all their claws and nails, uh, because I would imagine as they tried to climb on there, it's just a hose. So it would kind of be flopping around and would be maybe hard to balance on. And, uh, you know, they're probably trying to grip it really tightly and trying to move around, which would explain why there was like 30 different holes, uh, you know, these like pinholes all through that pipe. It's a thing, but man, I wish I had it on camera because that would have been just, you know, something to see, you know, if that's what, you know, is the image that's playing on my head, you know, having this, you know, uh, raccoon that's trying to balance on this uh, hose and it's, you know, shaking around and stuff. It just would have been something to see. But anyways, it was just like, are you kidding me? Like the hose is like, like I said, the pool's two days old. You know, we had the old pool. I think I mentioned it last week. It lasted like 14 years. One of those ones with like the inflatable ring on the top and you know, it just got so old, the ring part of it, that it wouldn't hold air anymore. It, would, it was like so brittle from the sun's UV rays uh, the last year. But, you know, never had an issue with raccoons. And then we get this brand new uh, pool and, uh, you know, set this up. And two days later, you know, that hose is destroyed. The cover's got some tears and rips in it. And, uh, you know, there's water spilling everywhere. They tore, like I said, uh, the skimmer parts apart. There's this like little um, styrofoam piece that is on that weir part that helps it float in the water. That was all shredded and, and on the ground and stuff. I was like, man, these like raccoons, what the heck, right? So, you know, I was panicking because uh, a little bit, uh, because, uh, like I've mentioned before, my house uh, property is kind of sloped. So, you know, all this water is, you know, it's not going to affect me per se, if it keeps leaking out, but it's going to affect my neighbors. It's, you know, going to uh, uh, drain uh, naturally towards their properties. So, you know, I was a bit concerned about that because obviously I don't want, um, you know, uh, my pool to be an issue uh, for, uh, you know, the people surrounding me. So, you know, my first thing was, you know, uh, bring up, you know, the Amazon app, check to see, do a quick search of uh, uh, the pool and uh, the pump and all that sort of stuff. Because I was like, you know, what can I do here? Because the water's, you know, still coming out. Uh, there's not really a way to stop it. Uh, the pool comes with a couple of little plugs and stuff for the, for the thing, but it was not really effective. Uh, it didn't, uh, really do too much. So I was like, you know, uh, what am I going to do here? Uh, so, uh, the first thing I thought was I'm going to have to drain the pool. Um, so that's the first thing I did. I thought, uh, you know, I've got a, a submersible like sump pump, uh, that I use uh, every year, uh, for, uh, draining out the pool because it's much faster. So I thought all I really need to do is drain the pool, you know, below just enough so that it gets below those uh, openings of uh, the filtration system. Uh, so, you know, I grabbed the the sump pump, hooked up a garden hose, put it in there, started pumping out water that way away, uh, you know, s- somewhere safe. I actually used it to water my own lawn uh, in areas uh, that were, you know, starting to dry out and show signs dry out. Because I was like, hey, might as well uh, use the, the water for something. Uh, so I started, uh, you know, doing that. And then, uh, you know, I grabbed my phone, started searching Amazon for uh, that replacement hose. Because uh, that was the other thing. I was like, man, like now can't use the pool. Can't do anything with the pool. Uh, and it's not good, especially uh, as this heat wave is going to be starting to hit. Not only uh, to not have the pool working, but also uh, to not have water circulating in this heat is not a good idea too. Because then you start having, uh, you know, algae issues and all that sort of stuff. If that, you know, chlorine and stuff can't be circulating uh, properly. So, you know, doing a search and, uh, you know, everything on Amazon, uh, I couldn't find um, anything that was like, you know, same day delivery or anything like that. So I was like, well... You know, a lot of the stuff uh, was going to be weeks uh, to deliver. It was like, you know, not uh, in stock 
you know, from Amazon, it was like, you know, um, what do they call them? Uh, like marketplace or whatever kind of sellers, uh, that are selling on Amazon. So, you know, it wasn't being, um, fulfilled by Amazon if you ordered them. So, you know, they could take a few weeks to get. So I was like, well, that's not going to work. So then I started just doing, you know, sort of local store searches, uh, trying to see, uh, you know, on, uh, the web, uh, what some stores had locally. There's a store here in Canada called Princess Auto. Um, that's kind of nearby me. It's kind of like what I would uh, imagine like a Harbor Freight or tractor supply type store in the U.S. would be just a whole bunch of mishmash type of stuff, a lot of farming type things, a lot of project, you know, if you want to build something or something, that's probably the place you want to, uh, you know, go check out uh, a lot of uh, cheap type uh you know, overseas type tools that they bring in, uh, all that sort of stuff. So like I say, it really reminds me of like Harbor Freight or Tractor Supply or that type of a store. So I thought, uh, let me go check there. So I, I quickly drove over there. They had a hose that looked like it would work. It was four sump pumps. Um, and it said it was one and a half inch hose, which is what I needed. Uh, so I bought it and then I got home and it was way too big. It was like really almost like one and three quarters of an inch. So I grabbed a tape measure to measure it. And I was like, it's not, you know, it's like one and three quarters. Why does it say it's one and a half? Like that makes no sense. Uh, so then I had to go back to the store, but it was like, it looked very similar to uh, the hose that I needed. Um, so then I went back to the store and then returned it and, uh, they had another one there that was, it said it was one and a quarter inch hose, but I thought, okay, well, if this one's one and a quarter, maybe it's probably, you know, more oversized. This time I took a tape measure and I checked it and it looked like it was very close to one and a half. So I thought, okay, you know, this might work. So I bought that one instead. And uh, what was kind of nice about this hose was that it was the same sort of uh, accordion style hose. Uh, but the the original pool hose was like the accordion style in the middle, but then it had on either end sort of just a flat area uh, so that you could put it on the fitting and it had like these plastic sort of, uh, you know, clamps that you could uh, just, you know, with wing nut type things that you could tighten. Uh, so it was that sort of a flat area on the flat area uh, of uh, sort of the nozzle that would hook up uh, inlet and outlet sort of ports and then uh, you tighten the clamp on. So on this, uh, uh, basically, uh, kit for a sump pump, uh, sort of thing, uh, it was sort of the same accordion, uh, hose, but every like four feet, I think it was, it had like a flat spot, uh, butted up against another flat spot. So that you could basically cut the hose to length to what you needed every four feet or so and have those same sort of flat spots. So I thought that was, you know, would work out good. Uh, so I brought the second hose home and, uh, by this time the water had gotten below uh, that level that I needed. So I turned the sump pump off and then checked that second hose and it was too small just by hair. Like it, I couldn't uh, uh, get it to slip on uh, without, uh, you know, uh, damaging the hose if I were to try to spread it on there. So I was like, you know what, forget it. It's uh, not the right hose. So had to go back uh, to the store again. You know, time is like ticking at this point. It's now close to, um, you know, by this point, uh, a couple, you know, hour and a half or so has uh, gone by. Uh, I think it was around uh, 9.30, almost 10 o'clock or so at this point. And I still don't have a hose, haven't mowed a lawn yet uh, that day. Uh, and typically on my Thursdays, I would mow uh, some smaller properties first. And then I've got some large properties uh, in the afternoon that I uh, take out the navigator for. Uh, so it uh, and the other thing with that Thursday was it was going to be a really warm day. It was one of the days they were forecasting to be hot. So I was all ready to get an early start that morning uh, to uh, kind of try to beat the heat. I was uh you know, traditionally would uh, just load um, the Xmark uh, Commercial 30 and, uh, you know, trimmer and blower and then just go out and do those smaller properties. And then I would come back in the afternoon and then grab uh, the Xmark Navigator to go do uh, the large properties. But on that morning, I was planning uh, to load up the Navigator uh, so that I could go hit one of the first large properties uh, right after <clears throat> I got done the smaller properties uh, to save a little bit of time of having to come back. I was going to kind of skip the uh, 
the uh, visit back home on that point just to <clears throat> save some time in that heat uh, and try to get done uh, in the day a bit earlier. But, um, you know, obviously I'm looking at the clock at that point. And I'm like, this is not going to work out. Like, obviously I'm now way behind. Uh, so I'm going to have to come up with an alternate plan. Uh, still needing a hose to do anything there. So then uh, I did a quick search of, uh, after returning that second hose, did a quick search. They didn't have anything else left uh, in the stat store that would work. So I did a quick search of Home Depot, uh, cause it was a Home Depot near me and, uh, Online, it was showing that they carried something called uh, a pool vacuum hose, which I'm guessing is, um, you know, hose for those pool siphon vacuums that you can use to clean like the bottom of a swimming pool. Uh, and it looked, uh, like they had that, like a one and a half inch size. Although, like I said, that other hose was saying that it was one and a half and it was actually one and three quarters. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I had just like, I'm going to have to go to Home Depot and see. And the other thing was it was sold by the foot uh, at Home Depot. So I was like, well, that works because I only need two feet. But the problem is that it's all that accordion style. So if I buy two feet, it's not going to have those flat spots to put the clamps on. Uh, and also the little uh, you know, original clamps that come with the pool are not going to be op- be able to open wide enough to fit this accordion section. And they probably, because they're plastic clamps, are not going to be able to tighten tight enough uh, to flatten out any sort of accordion portion. Uh, so I'm going to have to also get some stainless steel basic, you know, strap type uh, uh, clamps. Uh, so, you know, headed to Home Depot, uh, found that hose that they sell by the foot. Uh, and it looked... Uh, I brought the uh, uh, hose with me this time, uh, the shredded uh, raccoon hose, and uh, matched up, and it looked exactly the same. Checked with my uh, tape measure. It was one and a half inch for this uh, uh, pool vacuum hose. Uh, Just a different color hose, which was kind of a bummer, like I say, because it's a brand new pool, and, you know, it kind of looked nice, all having all the same stuff, but then, you know, now it's already going to have this uh, different hose and different clamps and stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so purchased the clamps, purchased the hose, uh, went to home, and uh, it fit perfectly, uh, the hose, but again, it was that accordion style all the way to the ends, being a generic sort of, uh, you know, hose by the foot. Put the the new stainless steel uh, strap type uh, clamps on, tightened them as much as I could uh, to uh, get them to flatten that accordion section out. And, uh, you know, started to uh, just fill the uh, skimmer back up with water uh, to see if I could see any leaks happening through the hose. On the one end, the bottom of the skimmer end, it was uh, fine. Uh, looked like it seated perfectly and, and, you know, tightened enough. On the other end, the in the part that goes back to the pool it was had a small little leak i was tried to loosen it again and readjust it and kind of move the clamp and stuff and tried tightening it again and i got a little bit better it had a very slow like drip drip type of a leak sort of thing so i was like hey you know what i'm not even gonna worry about it i started to fill the water back up in the pool uh, to check uh, you know for more leaks to get the water level up as i was doing that because it was going to be a while i went out to uh, the truck started loading the navigator or actually not loading the navigator started loading uh, the regular mowers and trimmers and all that sort of stuff because i was like you know at this point it is uh almost 11 o'clock uh, and I haven't even started mowing a lawn yet. So I'm like, okay, new plan because hey, stuff happens, adapt and move on. Uh, so the new plan is, is I'm just going to take the small mower out uh, and I'm going to do all of the small uh, lawns anyways, because uh, um, there's more of those. And uh, of my larger properties, one of them is large commercial property. So it doesn't matter whether I'm there today or whether I'm there tomorrow. They won't, you know, care. And that's what the nice thing is, again, of having that three-day mowing schedule and having that Monday and Fridays always open. Uh, so I was like, okay, it's not a big deal. I can move those ones that are in the afternoon anyways. What difference is it, you know, if I mow them on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday morning? Like it's, you know, you're talking a few hours uh, difference there. Uh, so I was like, that's the new plan. I'll do that. Uh, so I'm just going to do the, the push mows first. So then uh, by the time I got all that loaded up, went back to the backyard, the pool was now at the correct, uh, water level or at least close enough, uh, to be, have the two sort of, 
uh, openings submerged uh, enough to check for leaks, checked for leaks. Uh, and it was still just a very, very slow uh, drip on that one side. I was like, you know what? It's good enough. Um, quickly um, threw uh, some chlorine in there uh, just to get that going, get the pump going um, and uh, pulled the cover back on the pool. And then uh, I was like, you know, that's uh, good enough for that. Uh, so as I started uh to uh, you know, get ready to go. I quickly, because uh, I'd taken some photos and stuff, and sent my wife some photos and kids some photos during the uh, sort of uh, ordeal of what I was changing out because they were uh, uh, just getting ready to leave in the morning when I discovered uh, the pool and stuff. So they all had seen uh, the sort of aftermath of uh, the uh, raccoons. So I decided I'm going to. Um, uh, text uh, the photos to my brother-in-law who, uh, you know, you guys know, uh, works, uh, also as a landscaper, lives in the area as well in the same neighborhood generally. And, uh, as I was mentioning in last week's episode, I was waiting for him cause he had bought in a new pool this year as well. I was waiting for him to set up his up, uh, so I could see how he did it because I'd never set up one of these steel frame ones and it was the first time he was doing one too. So I thought, you know, I'd let him, uh, start. So I sent him the pictures and, uh, I said, you know, what the heck discovered, uh, you know, raccoons having a party last night with the pool. They destroyed a bunch of stuff and stuff. And then uh, he, you know, phones me right away. And he's like, uh, that's crazy. I went out to my backyard and they did the same thing here. He said they, you know, made a huge mess too. Ripped my pool cover off the pool and, you know, has like a big six, six inch tear in the pool cover and stuff. And and things so he was all like what the heck right so it's kind of crazy like this the same night uh you know two pools that were set up uh, his was set up a week earlier uh so he got a full week at least of his being set up before anything happened uh, mine was only two days uh, before it happened but still the same night and stuff and he's close enough uh you know we're in the neighborhood um that it uh, very well could be i wouldn't be surprised if it was the same raccoon um literally uh because even though he's you know in a different cul-de-sac and all that sort of stuff the back lawns all sort of you know interconnect and stuff and you know you could probably if i think about it yeah you could probably if you got on my back fence uh you know if a raccoon got on my back fence and went in that direction towards his house he could probably end up at his house uh just going on the fence tops and stuff uh even though he's like in you know another cul-de-sac over and stuff like that uh so it's uh yeah it's crazy that in the same night so it makes me wonder if anybody else's pools uh, got uh uh hit by these uh, little masked bandits uh that evening uh with <laughs> you know having uh the pool parties uh, uh house after house or you know different uh homes and stuff so that's kind of funny um so yeah, I was just uh, you know glad uh, to have found a hose that day, something that worked, uh, and got that sorted out. But it's you know one of those things that uh, you know stuff happens. Sometimes it's stuff at work that happens and delays and makes you change plans, and you have to you know just go with the flow, uh, you know, like that water flowing out of the pool. You just got to go with the flow and uh, you know adapt and uh, you know figure out a new plan and make it work. Uh, so, you know, I was fortunate enough that, uh, nothing serious happened, uh, with, uh, you know, the pool and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, that, uh, you know, it wasn't more damage that wasn't irreparable or stuff like that, uh, was able to, uh, you know, um, get that quick sort of a repair done, went out and, uh, did all of those push mows. Like I said, I left, uh, it was probably uh, just after 11 by the time I left. Uh, and, uh, so almost lunchtime and, uh, got uh, the push mows done. And then by the time, I think it was like three or four o'clock or something, I think it was four o'clock, four o'clock, uh, when I finished, um, the push mo. So I was like, okay, now it's way too late, uh, to go and do those, you know, large properties that I would, you know, normally do. Um, so I'll leave those for tomorrow. And I had on the Friday planned to do some hedge trimming. I had a small hedge trimming job to do some Irish use and a, a customer, uh, who has, um, a dappled willow that I trim uh, at least twice a year. I had a uh, schedule to do on the Friday as well. Uh, so 
what I decided was, okay, those are close by to me here in my neighborhood as well, because my root density is so uh, tight, that what I'll do is I'll do that small hedge job and the dappled willow now, since it's four o'clock, I can knock these both out, uh, probably uh, within an hour, uh, because uh, the... Uh, Irish use uh, it's kind of like a hedge and they just wanted them sort of topped a little bit shorter get the new growth off of uh, that's grown since I trimmed them last year and it's one of those really small like shoebox type properties that I talk about uh, so you know the hedge you know like I said I can probably spend uh, you know 30 minutes max there uh, from beginning to end uh, to trim and clean up and do all that uh, so that's what I did I went uh, there did that hedge got that all done luckily being late in the afternoon I did snag some parking because that neighborhood is very tight for parking with the truck and trailer but there happened to be a spot that would work and got that done and then I headed over to the other house uh, to do that dappled willow uh, and I did both the uh, both of these jobs with uh, the Milwaukee um, uh, quick lock system uh, with the hedge trimmer attachment brought the also the handheld uh, hedge trimmer and uh, was able to do that. The uh, dappled willow, I posted some pictures of that one. I also posted some pictures of the uh, the Irish U hedge if you're curious to see uh, that um, on uh, Instagram. Uh, both of those I posted. And uh, the dappled willow is... Uh, you know, another quick little job uh, that uh, I do. Uh, it's a tree that keeps on giving uh, twice a year, every year uh, that I have to trim it. Uh, it grows so fast. And uh, they've got it um, planted uh, a little bit too close to the patio. There's actually one of those like covered patio covers and stuff. So the tree actually grows into sort of the patio cover. Uh, so uh, that's why they want it trimmed all the time. So, you know, I got that one all trimmed up uh, and done and just sort of adapted and uh, changed uh, that day around uh, instead of, uh, you know, uh, getting frustrated with it or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, changed those plans around, made it work. And then on the Friday morning, uh, was able to then uh, load up uh, the navigator and go do um, those uh, larger properties, the commercial job uh, and uh, go do... Um, uh, the other, uh, you know, few of those larger properties. So it all worked out in the end in terms of uh, getting the mowing done. Uh, everybody got their mows done before uh, the weekend. Just that, uh, you know, the ones that uh, uh, with those larger properties uh, actually got it uh, one day closer to the weekend uh, to get uh, their uh, their mowing done uh, this week. Uh, and it actually worked out uh, as well, too, uh, because uh, the Friday it was... Uh, a bit more uh, overcast, uh, so it was cooler uh, in the morning uh, to be out there uh, doing some, uh, you know, sitting on the navigator to mow. And uh, the commercial property, uh, I talked about uh, that tree that fell uh, down a few weeks ago. Uh, they still hadn't cleaned up uh, the tree uh, for a while, uh, for the last few weeks. But finally, this uh, past Friday, when I did show up there on that Friday, uh, that tree uh, was all completely clear. Uh, so it was actually uh, worked out well uh, to get there uh, on a different day, the following day on the morning, because uh, now, you know, I had those hedge jobs and all those things that I was, uh, the tree and stuff all trimmed up the day before so i had a lot more extra time uh, which worked out well to go do this commercial uh, mowing uh, job with a navigator because it hadn't been mowed in about three weeks that particular portion of the lawn i was still mowing the rest of the lawns around uh, kind of avoiding the tree after uh, breaking those uh, shear pins on the uh, navigator uh but uh uh because, uh, you know, getting there on the Friday and having sort of all the work caught up, I was able to then really take my time. I just went really slow uh, over because I don't know, you know, I didn't want any more surprises knowing uh, that last time that I hit that, uh, you know, uh, branch that was kind of stuck in the ground or whatever and uh, went over it and, uh, you know, thinking it would clear and it didn't and broke those shear pins. So this time I was like, you know, it was a little bit more sketchy because the lawn was tall around it in some areas it was like a foot tall so i was like really like you know making sure that because uh, i figured you know whoever did finally clear this tree or thing i 
you know, I don't think they hired a company to do it because, you know, it's a big commercial property. They've got this big uh, front end loader type machine that they could use to pick up the large pieces and stuff. They have their back area that they can dump stuff. Uh, and sure enough, when I did finish the mowing and had to go back to the compost, I, the tree was back there uh, in, in, you know, sections and stuff. So, uh, you know, it was employees that are working there that cleared it. So, uh, I was able to then take my time mowing uh, because it was taller grass and I didn't want to damage uh, the navigator. So just going really, you know, slowly over this tall grass and stuff to make sure there was no surprises hidden uh, in the tall grass. Uh, so, you know, in the end, uh, it actually worked out well uh, that I did, uh, you know, postpone uh, those particular larger properties a day uh, after uh, the uh, raccoon fiasco. Uh, the interesting thing is on that Friday morning uh, when, uh, you know, sort of had everything settled in the evening on the Thursday. Um, you know, of course I had, uh, you know, the pool hose, all that stuff sorted out. And in the evening I, uh, you know, um, fixed the rest of the pool, you know, basically addressed any other chemicals and stuff and, uh, water chemistry and stuff that needed to be rebalanced. And I shocked the pool during the day because I was like, I don't know if those raccoons were in the pool um there was no um you know surprises left in the pool if you you know catch my drift but uh i was like even if they're you know s swimming in the pool i don't want to be you know in the pool <laughs> with that so uh i gave it a high dose of chlorine during the day uh to shock the pools to sterilize anything that uh you know would have been in there and then um, basically, you know, got all that sorted out, fixed uh, the skimmer, the little weir uh, piece that had that styrofoam piece. I got a basically cut a section of a pool noodle to replace the styrofoam piece that was in there because it was basically the same type of uh, styrofoam. And, uh, you know, got everything all kind of working and sorted out. And then, uh, that Friday morning, uh, when I was, uh, you know, getting ready to go of course you know my first reaction when i woke up was to uh, look out the window and see you know look at the pool cover and it was still on so I was like, okay that's good so then i was like okay but still i'm gonna go walk out to the pool and take a look and went out there and ironically um because uh, i was like man those raccoons better not uh you know uh, come back and make a mess of this you know hose and stuff that i just replaced and all that sort of stuff and i was actually already looking on amazon at like raccoon traps to like uh like live traps to like catch the raccoon if he came back or mess with the pool again to relocate the raccoon somewhere else and uh i was uh you know went out there to go look and you know the the uh, skimmer and the pump and the hose and all that stuff was fine. Like it, it uh, nothing in the, the cover was fine and stuff, but the raccoon did come back uh, because there was some other little um, uh, bumper pieces uh, that I made out of pool uh, noodle uh, that I put down by the feet uh, of the pool so that uh, when the pool was kind of full of water and up against the legs and stuff, it wouldn't like rub or bind or anything. So I put these little things and the little bugger um, removed two or three of them and shredded them apart. Um, so I don't know what his, what his deal was, but, uh, the raccoon was, uh, giving me trouble. And then there was another little like soccer, um, soccer cone, like training cones, those little flat kind of cones with a hole in the middle. And there was one on the lawn that wasn't there the day before in that spot, uh, that I found it around with all like the shredded, uh, pieces of, uh, pool noodle. And, uh, it was like chewed up. It had like all these bite holes through it and stuff. So I was like, what the heck is up with this raccoon? So this time I had actually the cameras corrected because I went to look, um, you know, that first night and, uh, discovered the camera wasn't working uh, in that portion. So, you know, I corrected the issue. And so it was recording the next night. And then, uh, yeah, this night I could see it was a bit dark in the area because uh, there was no light in that area, but I could see the raccoon's eyes. So there's only one set of eyes and the raccoon was whatever he was doing with that cone and uh, pool noodle, he was in the area. I could see him just, you know, frolicking around there and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's just one raccoon, but, uh, yeah, it's just like, what the heck two days in a row now. Uh, so I was like waiting for a third. I was like third, you know, th two strikes so far, third, third, third strike. And I'm getting myself a raccoon trap, but, uh, he, uh, did not come around and it's been now a few days and he hasn't come around. And my brother-in-law, uh, he, uh, 
says uh, the raccoon hasn't come around to his place uh, again uh, anymore either. So I don't know what happened to the raccoon. Don't know if he's moved on or if uh, it was just uh, a you know a drunken uh, night for him <laughs> to go around and just uh, be messing around with uh, people's pools in the neighborhood and uh, just uh, you know uh, having a destructively fun night uh, and uh, going that way, but. Uh, luckily, so far, uh, haven't uh, had to deal uh, with uh, the raccoon uh, um, anymore. So uh, that's good. And uh, yeah, so like I said, I just wanted to share that story because I thought it was just so weird that, uh, you know, I literally put out an episode, uh, maybe two episodes ago about, uh, you know, stuff happens in your business and uh, you just got to adapt and move on. And literally something happens, especially after talking about the pool last week. So I thought, uh, you know, for, you know, fill you guys in on that, uh, that it's just, uh, you know, one of those things in life. Uh, the other thing I should mention uh, to you guys before I wrap up uh, this episode is uh, the Equip Expo uh, happening uh, in October in Louisville, Kentucky. If you guys are interested uh, in going, um, I've got uh, my discount code uh, for you guys. For anybody that's interested, it'll get you 50% off of your show passes. Uh, just use uh, discount code Julio. Uh, at the checkout uh, when you go to uh, the Equip Expo site and you're going to register. That'll give you 50% off your show passes. Uh, you can also go to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash equip, E-Q-U-I-P, and that'll take you right to the registration page uh, with the 50% uh, off already applied uh, if you're looking to uh, you know pick up some show passes and check out the uh, Equip Expo, formerly known as the G. GIE Expo. Uh, just an awesome uh, opportunity if you haven't, uh, you know, had the chance to go out uh, to check one out. Uh, like I say, my very first uh, Equip Expo, or, you know, at the time it was called the GIE Expo, was 2019, just before uh, the pandemic hit and everything kind of got shut down. Uh, and uh, it was just mind blowing to go and check out uh, just the size of it. Um, you know, there's a whole indoor area, pretty much every uh, equipment manufacturer is there with all of their new products on display. Uh, and then there's the whole outside area as well. The outside area, I can't even uh, remember how many acres. It's massive. It's, I think it's like 40 acres outside. Um, and like every, you know, if you want to check out a navigator, you can go out there, you know, like Xmark will have like a massive section out there where you can try out uh, all of their mowers uh, and, you know, basically turn them on and start, you know, driving around on them and, and checking them out. And as same with every other equipment manufacturer, whether it's, you know, Skag or Toro uh, or Walker or, you know, Hustler or uh, whatever, you know, the case may be, they will all be out there um, with uh, their uh, mowers and equipment on display, all the handheld equipment, chainsaws, all that sort of stuff uh, will be all on display and available to uh, try out and use. And then, of course, there's lots of uh, very cool activities uh, that um, are industry, obviously, specific. A lot of, uh, you know, if you follow a lot of guys online, whether it's Instagram uh, or on YouTube and that sort of stuff as well, uh, there will be lots of guys there uh, that you'll uh, be able to uh, see and meet, uh, just bump uh, into as they're uh, going around the show floor uh, and checking out. And uh, it's a whole lot of fun, uh, you know, a lot of camaraderie. Uh, there was some other very cool, um, you know, events that happened. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, elaborate on what some of the marks, I'm not sure exactly which ones are going to be happening now sort of post COVID, uh, because I know some of them got uh, modified or canceled the last couple of years. So I'm not sure, uh, which of those sort of extracurricular activities, uh, uh, cause like before there was that sort of that whole mega cavern meetup and stuff that got canceled, I think, uh, during uh, COVID. Uh, you know, times and last year, I think it was not in the mega caverns because it was still under sort of restrictions and things. So I'm not sure what, um, 
is going to go on this year uh, with that sort of stuff. But there's always uh, stuff uh, happening, and and the show itself is so much fun with uh, you know everybody there during the day that you can uh, meet up and do, and uh, you know you got uh, Chance uh, Daily Hustle doing. Uh, his annual photo in the parking lot and stuff where everybody goes out there and does a big, huge group photo and stuff. So it's just, just so much uh, stuff uh, to have, uh, uh, you know, fun meeting uh, some people you may follow online and, uh, you know, rub elbows with. And uh, it's just an all-around uh, great time. So if you guys are interested in uh, checking out the Equip Expo, uh, maybe going with your crews out there, taking your employees, all that sort of stuff, you can use uh, discount code JULIO and get 50% off your show passes just an awesome uh deal that uh, they allow um uh, you know these discount codes uh, to be able to uh, be used uh, and give you guys such great savings uh, to go out there i think you know uh, and at 50 percent off it's like something like ten dollars for your show passes for like all three days it's uh pretty crazy uh, that they uh, do that don't quote me on that because it might have gone up for this year but still it's like uh you know they're not really uh, making their money on the show passes with the um, early bird, you know, discount codes and stuff. If you wait till the end and you decide like you want to go there last minute and just, you know, register at the door, then it's like $80 for show passes for each person. So, you know, definitely taking advantage and using the discount codes. Like I said, uh, discount code Julio, or just go to longcarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash equip. And that'll take you right to the registration page uh, with the discount code already applied. And uh, just a you know a huge saving. So uh, yeah, uh, absolutely awesome that they uh, make the those discount codes uh, available. And uh, yeah, just uh, fantastic. So uh, that's it uh, for this one, guys. Hopefully, you guys um, you know got some value out of this uh, episode, even if it's just uh, you know me being able to share you know something you know that you can kind of relate to in the terms of. You know, even though I've been doing this for 17 years, there's always, you know, the business isn't always perfect. There's always things that happen, like I talked about in that previous episode of, uh, you know, stuff happens, adapt and move on. And even with me, with 17 years, you know, if you're, you know, just starting up this year and things seem daunting and stuff, just know that, hey, stuff happens to all of us. And whether it's... uh, you know, an issue with equipment breaking down or a mix up or bad communication or something that happens uh, with a client or just, a, you know, something at home like raccoons tearing up your pool that, and you got to take care of that because the water is pouring out uh, before you can get started for the day. There's always something uh, that will come up and uh, try to rain on your parade. And, you know, there's no point in getting upset about it or, um, you know, getting frustrated and stuff like that, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. What happens is happens and, uh, you know, you can't focus on the things that you can't change. So just, uh, figure out a new plan and, uh, just, you know, roll with it and uh, go with the flow. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.